episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Yo. Welcome back, everyone. Hello, I'm Dustin Lunt. I'm your host. I'm Jake Trowbridge, the other host. How are you doing tonight, Jake? So good. Good. I'm I, glad uh, you're able to record tonight. I know yeah. you had lost your voice a little bit over the weekend. I sure did, but for all the best reasons, for all the right reasons. I went to... We're in Wisconsin land here, of course. Went to the Badger game on Saturday. Uh, well, not to the Badger game, but went to a bar near the Badger game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Did some uh, plentiful day drinking and lots of screaming, but not as much screaming as I did on Sunday when I go watch uh, the Packers whoop on uh, Denver Broncos. So just getting the voice back. Yeah, it was a go. great day for Wisconsin football. It was. It really was. Great oh. weekend all around for Wisconsin sports. Can't can't ask for much more than that. No, you really can't. I, I really don't you don't want to get too greedy. No, save that for later in the season. That's right. Save that for playoff time. That's then right. Then we get real yes, greedy. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're back. Uh, week three review. And r- 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 review. Kind of looking forward to next week. Uh, seems like we've settled in for the most part here on what we're going to talk about. We've got a groove. In season here. So I, I like it. But first... What are we drinking? Oh, most important as always. Uh, this one coming from Town itself. I thought that was pretty apropos. Uh, we have Absolutely. a Bent Tuba Oktoberfest from Town oh, Brewing. And I love that it's Oktoberfest. I love Oktoberfest season. Yeah, I wanted to wait one more week because, you know, the weather, it's like kind of fake summer still, uh, at least out here in the Midwest. But I couldn't do it any longer. Uh, no. I needed to I've had plenty of Oktoberfests so far because they're on a ven- menu for a very short time. So I'm very happy that they're out there. I'm drinking them all. Uh, so I'm very happy about this. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it stacks up to this the competition. This is a pretty looking beer. Crystal Does, clear. It just, Oktoberfests look like Nice fall. amber color. Man, they look yeah. and they smell and they feel like fall. Oh, yeah, that smells exactly like I want it to. Ooh, nice and caramely. Mm-hmm. I like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Oktoberfest, I want, I want the malt. I want mm-hmm. that malt up front. I want the Ugh. caramel, as some kids call it. But this one has just a teensy bit of hop on the back end mm-hmm. there, uh, which is nice. Yes, this setting. is very nice. I like this. So much. Well done, Title Town. Yeah, absolutely. I could drink a fistful of these and be perfectly happy. Ooh. I'm just looking for the old ABV on here. I'm not seeing it, but you know, if I wanted to take a guess, I'd say it's just under six percent. That's purely an educated guess. It could be. You could be right. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Does it really matter? It really doesn't matter. From the brewmaster, it says, "Want a beer that kicks some serious brass." <laughs> get it? Because it's it's, it's called a play on words. I like that. <laughs> I get it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd explain it in case you missed that. All right. So this is tasty. Uh, very satisfying for this podcast. It is. I'm very happy. Good choice, sir. Thank you. I tip my hat. Thank you. All right, but on to the mailbag. Now we get a belly yes. up to the bar. Yes. With some of our friends. Speaking of which, personal friend of the show, Nathan Brazzy, comes in with a mailbag question or two. Or two. Of his own. All right. Lay it on me. He asks, who would you rather have going forward 
as a bye week slash injury flex option? Jarvis Landry or DJ Chark? Now, I'm going to assume uh, our standard, which is PPR. Yes. Yeah. We're always going to assume PPR. Yes. I am leaning towards DJ Chark. Yeah. Doop, 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 doop. <laughs> I still really hate that you do this. Song. I hate it too, but I can't help it. Yeah. But yes, no, DJ Chark, he is seemingly the target in Jacksonville. He's right Minshew's D- guy. Yeah. DD is MIA. They don't have any tight ends really to speak of. Yeah. He's the option. Yeah, he really is. It's kind of crazy. And I know uh, Marquise Lee will kind of be getting back in the fold a little bit more here as we go on. I'm not really worried about him no. faltering much of a connection. No. So, and the, and the Cleveland offense just looks so mm-hmm. out of sorts. Yes, that, that, that is a good way him. to put it. Yeah, until they get a little bit more rhythm and kind of figure out their identity as an offense, I would I would go with DJ Chark. I, I fully agree. So that's that's two for Chark. Two thus far. Uh, so let's say, say 1B for this question. All right. What should we expect of Golden Tate when he comes back now that Daniel Jones is at QB? So Golden Tate serving his uh, irrational suspension, I'm going to say. Yes. But um, he will be coming back, mm-hmm. and Eli's gone. Yes. So what do we make of him? It's hard to say. I like to think he... He might be competing with targets a little bit with Ingram, although it can't really hurt the team having another set of reliable hands because really it's just Ingram right now with Barkley out. Mm -hmm. Sterling Shepard's been out, dinged up. You know, so having an extra set of reliable hands there on the team isn't going to hurt things. Like I said, I think they kind of cover the same parts of the field. You know, Golden Tate's more of the yak guy, you know, short, short routes, then he takes off and runs. Uh, kind of what Evan Ingram does. He's, yep. you know, catches a lot of balls underneath. So they could be competing for targets, but really they're going to have to be throwing to someone. They're going to be throwing a hell of a lot more now with Barkley out. Absolutely. So, um, and with Eli Manning out. Yes. And with Eli <laughs> those, Manning out. Those attempts just went yes. through the roof with that combination. So of I would expect mm, easily a wide receiver three weekly. Easily? I would say so. Okay. So you're really not that worried about the eating into each other's territory no, there with the, the no. Ingram. None of these guys are really super downfield threats, which is unfortunate because Daniel Jones, pretty okay opening yes, it up downfield. Absolutely. But it's just that he doesn't have, honestly, I would put Ingram as more of a downfield threat than Tate at yeah, this point in his career, absolutely. which is wild. But mm-hmm. So that's fair. I don't know that I could get on the wide receiver three weekly territory there. I, I could see... He can absolutely be a flex option for you. Um, I think he'll still be maybe a little bit matchup dependent. I just want to see what the connection is there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they didn't really practice together much, uh, Daniel Jones right. and Golden Tate. Just be curious to see, but I think he'll be plenty fine. Yeah, I think, like I said, wide receiver three pretty on a pretty consistent basis moving forward. Or fair. once he comes back from suspension, I should say. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, this one comes from Twitter, at FPO Kane. He wants to know, in a Dynasty 10-team 2QB league, that was a lot of things to say, mm-hmm. which side do you want in this potential trade? Side one is just Saquon Barkley. As we just talked about, mm-hmm. he is out. Uh, suspected maybe six to eight weeks mm-hmm. he's out for this year. Obviously, though, it's long-term. Right, dynasty. we're looking Dynasty. So Saquon or Julio Jones, 
Todd Gurley, and two 2020 second round picks. Give me, give me Saquon. You want the juice. You I do. I do. Um, Julio, while I still think he's got, you know, a, a few very good seasons left under him. I'd say two. Yeah. Two easy. Least. Easy. Um, Gurley, haven't seen much what this year. It's, it's been a little disappointing. I was very high on Gurley. I thought, you know, hopefully they're just managing his workload a little bit here. And Did you hear the report that came out today that's Sean McVay, this could be coach speak, but they're saying we're not limiting his workload. I saw it's that. nothing to do with that. He just hasn't got going. Right. Does that worry you more than if they were monitoring his <sighs> workload? Or is the fact that they're supposedly not monitoring it? I think that's just things? I think that's just coach speak. Okay. Um but with Gurley with his injury history and or injury concerns, I should say, and moving forward, or we haven't seen him come back to any sort of real prominence yet this season. You know, those being the main two pieces. Yeah, Saquon, you're missing out on a good chunk of the season this year, but when he comes back from it, you would expect he's gonna be just fine. He's gonna be Saquon doing his thing. For years and years. Yeah. So for that reason I want Saquon. And the two twenty twenty seconds. Which could be they, nice because we talked about be. how deep this draft class they is. They could be. Yeah, that's great. But it's very unlikely you're getting a Saquon out of exactly. either of those picks. Yes. No matter how great of a drafter you consider yourself yes. to be. I think I would probably lean Saquon, too, just for the fact that it's the sure thing. It's the thing. And, yes, both of those players, if they get right and if they mm-hmm. hit, yes, you're going to be very happy right. with them. And on top of this also, it's a 10-team, 2QB league. Yes. So... In a ten team, guys. You and in a ten team, it's easier to find de- more depth players. Hmm. Um, or yeah, you want the top, the oh, elite of the elite. Feels rude to talk about Julio Jones and Tiger. I know as depth players, but I, but you understand what I'm saying. I sure do. I mean, Julio's toward you know coming up on the cliff of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, he proves us wrong for another five years, but oh, we yeah. can't count on it. And Gurley, yeah, he's got a lot of wear and tear already. Obviously, it's, just, it's danger. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if it was a 2021st and a 2022nd, then I might pull the trigger on it. Okay. Uh, but just two seconds, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Team Saquon yep. is weak. All right. We moving on? Moving on. Doing some waving? Yeah. Some wiring? Some waiver wiring? Yeah. Looking ahead to next week. All right. Some waiver pickups. wire pickups. Pickups for this week. Do you want to kick us off at quarterback? I'm very excited about your choice. Here. Yes. I have Mason Rudolph this week. He is only owned in 12.4% of ESPN leagues. And which is, just, which is you know, such a bummer because I talked about him last week a little bit uh, in, my, in my bold predictions. Mm-hmm. Now, just to be clear, my bold prediction did not come through uh, where I, I said he would be a top 12 QB. Pretty far from that. Yes. Um, he, looked, he looked pretty fine, though. People kind of... Ragged on him because he doesn't look super confident, but in his very first start, mm-hmm. you kind of expect that. Yeah. You know, I think they're just expecting with all the weapons around that he was just going to come right in and pick right up where Big Ben left off and have an amazing you know game. Sure. Uh, but I do like his opponent this upcoming week. Uh, they're playing Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. It's a home game. Oh, yeah. So I think he's going to be way more juiced up. Cincinnati's defense has been a sieve so far this year. Mm-hmm. So I, I say fire him up, uh, it, and again, only twelve percent rostered. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. 
And there's no Vontez Perfect to try and knock him out of the game this time. This around. is true. So that's nice. It He's is out true. of Cincinnati. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that. Yes. Uh, I really like that. Um, I am moving forward with Jacoby Brissett, who is still only 18.6% owned in ESPN leagues last time Which I checked. Which is crazy. I don't know what it is. What is it that's throwing people off of him? Is it still just the big glooming shadow of Andrew Luck? Because you know, we know he's not Andrew Luck. We get it. I think it's the stink from last time he started for Luck. Yeah. Which is so, it's such a it's different so unfair. scenario. It's so unfair. Um, you know, in that situation, thrust in with no practice, no go-ahead mm-hmm. with this. Now, he's had time. He's been working, obviously, when Luck was going through all of his issues, even mm-hmm. early, kind of. Um, it, he's such a different guy on the field. He's been able to look great with ty which is very Mm -hmm. helpful now hilton may or may not miss this uh upcoming game and if he does i wouldn't want to start him this week Mm -hmm. but i'm perfectly fine picking him up as a guy that you can play more often than not Mm -hmm. you want to talk running back let's do it so my running back this week is kind of obvious i'll I'll admit (laughs) it i took the softball but i don't care it's uh wayne gallman I mean, he's the obvious pickup this week. He's walking into a starting role. He's the only one really there. There's no one else behind him at this point. <laughs> that could obviously change. You know, they pick up a free agent off the street, whatever. But I would still expect him to get the bulk of the carries. Granted, he's not Saquon. You can only expect so much from him. But now that we're starting to come up on these bye weeks, and if you're looking for running back depth or because of injuries. Damian Williams is on your squad. You're worried about that. You know, he he will be an okay start. I'd even say more than okay. Just based on volume alone, if he's the guy, I think you'll be fine. Um, This guy of mine is not a volume play at all, but it's Jeff Wilson running back for the 49ers. One of many Mm -hmm. running backs for the 49ers. Um, who do have a bye week, so I'm not obviously suggesting that you pick him up to play him this week, but I would pick him up to even stash through this week. That's how much confidence I have in Jeff Wilson. He has had two touchdowns in each of the last two games that he's been called up to action here since Tevin Coleman's been, been gone, and that just looks like his role. He is the red zone guy. He's from the 20 on. They're leaning on Jeff Wilson. Matt Breida is going to get his work between the 20s, as will Raheem Mostert, it seems. But those guys, while they're kind of eating into each other's workloads, Jeff Wilson's left all alone over here once they get down to the red zone. And this is a team that will do that pretty consistently. Um, They move the ball, they get down there, and yeah, are you going to be bummed? If, if he doesn't score, of course he will be. I think the odds of that are actually pretty low. I'm not saying two touchdowns every week. That would be ridiculous. But I think, again, as we talk about all these injuries, he's a guy that I would be totally fine playing in my flex. And as a matter of fact, I have done that and oh. been very happy with it in my dynasty league. Oh, humble yeah. brag. Nice. Yeah, I mean, just, just saying. Just putting it out there. All right. So moving on to wide receivers, I have Cole Beasley. Now. He is only owned in 19.4% of leagues, ESPN you know leagues. Why? Because when people see his name, they, they make this face. I know. He is not a very sexy pick. Mm-mm. Not very exciting. 
The Bills' offense as a whole isn't very exciting. But, in you know, we're obviously only three weeks into the season, but he's had nine targets, four targets, ten targets. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's nice. Okay. I mean, that's nice. Especially, like I said, knowing that they're not the most pass prolific offense out there. They run a lot. So the fact that he's getting a good portion of the targets uh, is a very good sign. And the last two weeks, he's scored 12.3 and 14.8 points, uh, depending on your scoring format. Uh, So he's obviously, you know, he's doing fine. Again, not going to be a top end wide receiver, you know, but wide receiver three. I know this week they have New England, but it's at home. They're off to the first 3-0 start in how long. It's going to be a big game. They're going to be jacked up. I think he is going to be an okay play. Uh, Good flex play this week. And you don't need him to get you 80 yards against a tough offense. You just need him to catch the ball, which he can do. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet this season, so he's due for some positive regression is on the he? touchdown field. Yes, has he ever he really is. been a touchdown guy, though? I feel like I, I never. But with all the targets that are getting peppered his way, you would think that he would get a missed tackle that would run one in for a touchdown or something like that. That is you what know? you're hoping so, for, for sure. Yeah, it's, it it will happen. Better days are ahead. Start him up in your flex. I like it. Um, going to the opposite end of the spectrum, Cole Beasley, not sexy. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, very sexy. In fact, MVS should just stand for a movie very sexy. Uh, movie very sexy. Movie very sexy. Very, very sexy. That's some Spanglish. Um, Marquez is the number two in Green Bay. If you didn't figure that out after the first couple of weeks, you sure as hell figured it out quick. Um, this last week, he got 10 targets, 6 receptions, 99 yards. Ooh, so close. So close. To a hundo. And a touchdown. One of those was on a little bit of a busted play, granted, um, where uh, Aaron does his thing. Where mm-hmm. He draws the guy off sides, and then he just chucks one down the field. But who did he chuck it to? It wasn't Devontae. It was MVS. Um, like I said, it, there's no competition between him and Geronimo. As sad as that makes me a little bit, because I do love Geronimo. It is all about MVS. Um, and as their matchups get a little easier, they've already had really tough defensive yes. matchups to start the season. As that starts to uh, soften a little bit for them, yes, Devontae's going to get his, mm-hmm. but he's not the only game in town. Jimmy Graham has not been doing garbage. He, he disappeared after that week one touchdown. He really did, which again, sad news in a different way. But all of this just leads to Marquez having a pretty promising uh, season here, all in all. He's not going to be maybe wide receiver two territory, but he could be a wide Mm -hmm. receiver three, I think, that you could feel pretty good about. With with good upside. For sure. I mean, for sure. especially as the Packers offense gets more in tune and more on the same page with each other. Right. You know, good things. I'm hoping good things are going to be happening here. (laughs) Sure. You know, it's just a matter of time for everyone to, to get together and for the offense to gel. Yeah. Uh, under the new offense offensive scheme here. So, For sure. uh, and like I said, good ceiling play. He's got obviously that big playability that we saw this last week. So I like right. that a lot. I don't like talking about tight ends, but we're talking about I tight ends. I don't. I even hate talking about my tight end for the week. I really hate talking about your tight end. (laughs) And the only reason I had to pick this one is because you got into the show sheet first. So um, I had to talk about and pick 
Jason Witten as my tight end. You didn't end have to. Up. I want to point this out. You didn't have to do this, but you did this to I you. I felt like, I mean, it's the best option of the <sighs> poop field that <laughs> the tight end landscape is when, when, when you're looking at a waiver wire pickup. Because you know sure. most of the reliable, decent targets are already on rosters. True. So, true. Uh, Jason Witten, still under 50% rostered. He's at 46%. He's actually had four targets a game, every game, caught at least three every game. So very high catch percentage. He's had a couple of touchdowns. He's been in double-digit fantasy points for two of the three weeks. What more can you ask for if your tight end got hurt or, like I said, bye week pickup, etc.? Well, look, would I rather see him sitting here on our show sheet than in the booth for Monday Night Football? Yeah, you betcha. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, still doesn't mean I'm happy about it, nor would I be happy about playing him. No, I, I understand. I, that I feel it's gross necessary. talking about it. I understand it can be necessary. You know what? We're professionals, <sighs> semi-professionals Barely. on this podcast. <laughs> we will talk about the gross things if we have to. Right. <laughs> We're doing this for you, That's right. listeners. Hope you appreciate this. Um, my tight end, once again, the opposite uh, spectrum. Uh, a little sexier option here in Dawson Knox, which I was so high on this guy oh. coming into the uh, to the season. Can I tell you how upset I was that I ended up trading him as just a small piece in our dynasty league to try and get something, um, which did not work out. This is my much maligned Andrew Luck trade that I had to toss him in there. I had to clear some space. Yeah, that is. Disappointing on many levels. Very <laughs> disappointing. But Dawson Knox looked fantastic this last week. He looked tough as shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen the highlights of him just shrugging dudes off. He looked yes. like Vance McDonald yeah. last year. On a man amongst giant. boys, you could say. Even though he looks a little bit like uh, the lead character from The Big Bang Theory with the curly <laughs> hair. Looks a little like He doesn't look like a man amongst boys. Right. Until he gets out there and starts stiff-harboring folks into the fucking ground. Um, I, I'm a little concerned that he's only 0.3% owned. Well, he's been injured. True. So, I mean, you're not going to roster someone, especially if you're not in a tight end premium or, you know, uh, super flex league, things like that. True. And some I mean, folks why, are why would hanging you, on. Why, why would you roster a, a tight end that's been hurt the first couple weeks of the season? Sure. And through the first couple of weeks where you're still trying to figure out, wait, is this tight end actually bad? Or right. Or just have a couple of bad stretches? Exactly. Ah, maybe I'll hold on to them. Okay, that's fair. Um, but God damn it, that number better be higher yeah. when we look at it next week. Because otherwise he's going right back on the show sheet. <laughs> I don't even care. I'm saying it now. Um, Tyler Croft is eventually going mm-hmm. to return for the Bills. I'm not really worried at this point about him cutting into his workload too much. Obviously, we'll have to see. That's right. All right, so next, a little bit of a downer. We go into the down portion of our podcast. Players we need to cut bait on. Sad music. Yeah. Let's put Uh, some sleep underneath this. No positivity right now. We'll get back to the positivity. Don't worry. All right, Jake, do you want to uh, start us off here? Yeah. Quarterback. I'm fine cutting bait on Marcus Mariota. God bless and Godspeed um, in all of your other endeavors, but I do not feel that he is along for the starting position of the Tennessee Titans. Um, and look, it's not like he has mm-hmm. a, a lot of competition, but we talked about this in the offseason mm-hmm. where Ryan Tannehill is just enough of a presence that if he starts looking like he's looking now, yeah. 
it might only be a couple of weeks where finally the Titans just say, nope. We tried. Yeah. We gave you so many chances. Yeah, especially and you keep throwing the ball into the dirt and taking sacks. Yeah, I'm not blaming it all on him. It's not like their offensive line is completely without fault. No, um, but he's not able to adapt to that, and he hasn't been able to for a long time. And you would think, coming from him, he was a semi-mobile quarterback coming out of college. Yeah, and I don't know. If I it's mean, just he wasn't his injuries. No, yeah, that zapped him like I said, that. he wasn't known specifically for his running, like a Kyler or Cam, mm-hmm. but he. He had some moves on him. You know, he was very nimble, you could say. Nimbly bimbly was Marcus Mariota. Yes. Uh, Not so much anymore. No. The nimbliness went away. Yes. And uh, I don't don't want to carry him on my team. No, (laughs) No, absolutely not. I don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, Boy, this is going to be a tough one. This, I I hate saying this, but um, especially in a one QB league, I think there's, right now there's better options and... Unless you have uh, space, space on your bench to just hold him there, it's Baker Mayfield. I think you can cut bait on him. As we as we alluded to earlier, until this offense finds their way and, and gels together, it's not worth rostering him or not worth playing him. Like I said, no. if you have room on your bench, that's fine. But if you don't have room... Don't be don't be afraid to cut bait on him. If he starts playing a little bit better, you can always pick him up. And there's always well, you can try, <laughs> you can try. But there's so many quarterbacks on the waiver wire that you can stream week to week that you don't need that headache on your on on your team right now. Well, and it's crazy because when you when you say that last part, there's so many streaming options available. This time last week, I would have vehemently disagreed with you because of all the injuries. Right. But now we've seen all these guys step up mm-hmm. that are the reserves and play really well where, again, it's not concerning. Um, and, yeah, you shouldn't have to deal with a Baker maybe, if I will. You will. And I will. Uh, so, yeah, I sadly agree with you yes. on that one. All right, running backs, what do you got? <laughs> I'll just take the entire Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay backfield if I can. What, I'll allow it. What 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 am I supposed to do with that? I mean, it's the same thing I was asking last mm-hmm. year. What am I supposed to do with this? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, there's a starting back there, I guess, in Peyton Barber, technically, officially. But who's going to get the carries this week? Who's going to get the targets this week? I don't know. I'm not going to be able to predict it. Mm-hmm. Evidently, I haven't been able to thus far. No, it's it's ugly. It's, like you said, hard to predict week to week who's going to get the bulk of the carries Who's going to be involved in the passing game? Yeah, yeah it's, it's just until you until we find some clarity. I think yes, you can cut bait on the whole backfield. Yeah. And I was excited for homeboy Dare Agumbawali at right. one point because yeah, he looked like the pass catching option, and he was more involved this last week, but still not, not extremely enough. involved. Not enough. Yeah, I hate to say it. Ronald Jones looked better this week. Oh, he sure did. But again, you don't know if that's going to be the game plan next week. So until we find some some clarity, yeah, here. just just cut bait Help on us all out, of Bruce. Yeah, Mr. Arians. All right, my running back is Dion Lewis. Yeah, he has just not looked good, um, as you said with Marcus Mariota a couple minutes ago. Passing game hasn't been looking all that great, and that's what he's known for: catching balls out of the backfield. Yeah, so just not a just stay away. I mean. Unless he starts getting more usage, which I don't necessarily see, because they're actually using Derrick Henry 
how they said they were going to. He's getting the bulk of the carries. I still don't think he looks good, but he manages to get it done. Yes. I posted on Twitter the other day. He runs like there are two sloths attached to his calf muscles, but somehow Maybe his calves are works. that big that that it is slowing him down. It, it could, could be because he is a monster of a man. Fuck, he really is. It takes a head of steam, but it, yeah. yeah. Anyways. So, all right, moving on. Wide receivers. Very excited to finally say this officially on the podcast. I mean, it feels like, you know, my softball of, of Wayne Gallman as the ad this For week. Sure. But For I, sure. For sure. Allow me this. Yeah. I, oh, right. absolutely. Allow me this. Absolutely. Actually, this is kind of a, a back-to-back weekly twofer because last week I made the very obvious Eli Manning cut, which just felt so good <laughs> for my heart. And this one feels equally good for my heart, but in different ways. Um, Antonio Brown, get him off your team. There's no point in a redraft league and holding on mm-hmm. to him right now. He is a man without a home, without a team. I expect it to stay that way for quite a while, at least until all the dust settles along, yeah. uh, around Until some lawsuits. of this legal stuff quiets down or gets um, resolved, absolutely. Even if somebody picks him up mm-hmm. before that happens, I can't imagine that he'll be able to play. I, I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. I personally would not be clogging a bench no, spot with, absolutely with him. Not. He can't go on your IR. Yep. Get him out. Yep. Enough said there. Yep. And hopefully that's the last we ever have to talk oh, about Oh, wouldn't that be great? It would make me so happy. It's not going to happen. Though. I know. All right. My wide receiver is, and it pains me to say this, is Kiki Kuti. Uh, I had such high hopes for him coming into the season. But then the Dolphins had to trade Kenny Stills to the Texans. <sighs> and he is stepping up and actually looking pretty darn good. He's good. For the amount of time normally when wide receivers get traded either in camp or during season. It takes them a while to get acclimated to the offense. Uh, Kenny still seems to be jumping in there pretty good and being a fairly consistent target for Deshaun Watson right now. For sure. At the detriment, obviously, of Kiki. Yeah, and I think it's hurt Will Fuller a little bit as well. Uh, And whether Kiki's been, you know, still recovering from injury and maybe they're easing him back or something, uh, for whatever reason, he's just not getting it done right now. So cut bait on him. Go pick up Kenny Stills if he's out there. He'd be a better option. Yeah, oh, yes. I 100% agree with that. I wouldn't want either, if I'm being well, honest. Well, obviously, it wasn't one of my waiver wire pickups, but... Well, yeah, if he can't, <laughs> if he can't jump ahead of Cole Beasley on your waiver pickups, you don't want Kenny Stills on your roster. <laughs> so, touche. Um, All right, finishes off with tight ends here. Yeah, this one feels a lot worse than the other one I just said, but Jordan Reed, I was hyping this guy ad nauseum coming into the season he was healthy this offseason that's he was healthy supposedly he was healthy until he's not and the concussion just rocked his world and it's at this point it's like maybe the guy should just retire i've heard other folks talk about that and it's just at this point i think for his health that's probably the best thing although i saw a report today that they think he's going to come back this season but yeah just, dude, you've had seven that are reported that we know about. Mm-hmm. Who knows Along how, with your amalgam of other yes, injuries that it's have just wrecked like, your body. It's just like, dude, the next one could scramble your brain for good. Like, yes. why? just why do it? You know, I just... So maybe as a way of inspiring him to, to fade into yes. regular life, into mm-hmm. normal life, you, we should all do the service of cutting him, let him know... We were fine. Yeah. We're fine without you. Yes. Yeah. All right. My tight end to cut bait on is Kyle Rudolph. 
Rudy. I, no, you can't. You can't even do that for him. Come on. After those KFC commercials, yeah. kind of ruined Rudy's name. I feel like I can do that now. Well, that's fair. But um, with the offense in Minnesota being a much more run heavy and looking fucking fantastic, let's just mm-hmm. be straight up honest here. Mm-hmm. They're not passing as much. You know, obviously Diggs and Thielen are seeing reduced targets. Whole offenses. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, Diggs and Thielen are barely getting their targets at this point, which leaves pretty much nothing for Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, Kyle two target Rudolph. He's even been, last year. you know, uh, he had one good year about three four seasons ago, um, where everyone's like, "Oh, it's Kyle Rudolph. He's breaking out." This is. And he just hasn't lived up to that since then. That year was definitely an outlier, fantasy-wise. Uh, I'm sure he's a great teammate, uh, good for the offense, you know, probably a leader on the team. But fantasy-wise, cut bait on him. He's just not doing anything. And God damn it, if he shows up on our sheet a third week next week because he's still so highly owned, I'm going to be livid. I'm going to write a strongly worded letter to somebody. Because I talked about it last week, and I could not agree with you more this week. Stop it. Okay. All right. Talking talking about yeah. shit shows. Yes. Shit show of the week. Week. Shit show. All right. Shit shows of the week. Um, Why don't you lead us off this week with our shit show? I'm, it's a trend for me right now of putting a Packers player in this spot, which is really uncomfortable to do, but I feel like I have to be the one to call it out. Um, I feel that ownership of it. And my shit show this week was Geronimo Allison. Could have done with some more yards mm-hmm. and some more receptions. He had one reception for negative one yard. Fuck, man. It's hard to get worse than that. I would rather have him not caught anything at all. I understand in PPR formats that technically this is better than zero catches, but for my heart and soul, this is so much worse. Yeah, that's just not a great stat line. Uh, So I love Marquez, and just as much as I love Marquez, I am, am out on Geronimo, and this one pained me. I'm sorry if you decided to put him into your lineup on a whim. Hopefully you didn't. Because uh, it was bad. All right. My shit show of the week is Mr. Calvin Ridley. He was going against an Indianapolis defense that was a little bit banged up. Yeah. I think everyone was looking for this next week to be the week that the offense for Atlanta would really break out in a big, big way. And let's be honest, against two pretty good defenses the first two weeks of the season, he played very well. He he had a couple, he had, especially last week against Philly, he had an incredible game. This week, though, one reception, one target, six yards. It's not going to get it done, Calvin. No. I mean, Sanu had over six targets. This was my problem with the coming into the offseason is we... We talked about how overlooked Muhammad Sunu is, and this just shows that we shouldn't overlook his presence yes. in that offense. You know, well, I think I still I still love Ridley long term. Yeah. And he's got such a great ceiling as we saw last week. Eight receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Gotta love it. But you know, while Julio is still there, because Julio's gonna get his, mm-hmm. he just got paid. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's still gonna be the number two option on that team at a minimum. And if their offense isn't clicking as we want it to be, 
he's going to have these boom bust weeks similar to what we saw last year. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, he was my shit show player of the week. Big fall to earth. All right. Better so, days, better things to talk about, that's though. That's right. All right. Best matchups. Best matchups. A little positivity here. Who that's do we right. like? Tell you who I like. Who do you like? Dag motherfucking Prescott. Uh, you've been on him for years now. I've been big. I've been big on him almost too much. And it's just finally paying off, really. I mean, not that he hasn't always been consistent, but God, he's looked good. Mm-hmm. This week, I expect that uh, the good times can continue rolling mm-hmm. uh, for Mr. Prescott. As opposed to New Orleans, and that's their you know, mm-hmm. kind of way of life, let the good times roll. Yep. He's going to take over their good times. He's going to take the good times out of the city, I think, for himself, for the most part. Um, Dak Prescott goes against an off, or excuse me, goes against the defense. That's allowed the third most passing yards in the league to this point. They also happened to give two rushing touchdowns to Mr. Russell Wilson last week. Yes. Now, you know that Dak is at least going to get six rushing touchdowns. Oh, he's guaranteed. He's done it every year so far he's been in the league. So I think you can fire him up for at least one of those uh, rushing titties, Mm -hmm. as the kids call them, this week. And I expect him to keep uh, chucking it to Amari and company and looking pretty damn good in the process. Mm -hmm. All right, my quarterback this week is the aforementioned Russell Wilson. Speak of the devil. Mr. Talent himself. Uh, He's going up against a very porous Arizona defense. They are still down their cornerbacks uh, from um, suspension and injury. As you said, he just had two rushing touchdowns this last week. Tyler Lockett had a big week. I just see more of the same against this this defense so fire him up fire up all your Seahawks basically this week yeah he's gonna continue to just look Mm -hmm. incredible yep um all right running backs running backs I'm gonna keep banging this drum for right now because the Bengals look like the running back matchup to face Mm -hmm. and that could not come a moment sooner for James Conner who needs this he really, really needs this. I think Pittsburgh as a whole needs needs this. True. Very true. It's just it's been one of those seasons for the whole gang. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't it doesn't feel good for anybody who's who's had a lot of investment in them. Um, but Frank Gore basically looked like an all-star again against them last week. He got the first touchdown uh, in a year plus against them. I mean, if that doesn't say yeah. everything, <laughs> holy shit. Um but James Conner should be very good, I think, this week. It should be a get-right game, and I, I'm going to call it right now. If he doesn't look good against them this week, I would consider cutting He might him. be on your cut bait next he week. He might be on my cut bait next week because you cannot, if you have him, you're going you're gonna to feel like you have to start Absolutely. Him. But hopefully he rewards you. Really plentifully yes. this week against Cincinnati. He should be able to. He should, exactly. All right, I have Derrick Henry this week as my running back. He's going against Atlanta. Their defense is not very great. They just lost their... <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Um, they just lost uh, Keanu this week <laughs> to uh, Achilles. Oh, really? Tear. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, so, again... They're hit. Atlanta's hit by the injury bug. He's been getting his carries. They've been handing him the rock. It hasn't been pretty. No. But he, he definitely has that 
big play opportunity. Mm-hmm. And we know Mariota can't throw the ball. <laughs> so they're gonna they're gonna hand him the ball off. So I feel like this is a good matchup for him if you have him. Especially if Atlanta keeps it close, which it seems yes. like they will based on their offense. Yeah, right absolutely. Now. I dig it. I dig okay. It. Uh, Wide I'm, receivers. I'm, I'm rocking them. I'm finally doing it. it. It took me weeks to build up the confidence to to do this, but I, it shouldn't have. Terry McLaurin against the Giants. I am all about this. Absolutely. I, uh, I feel like I want to give everything to obtain this guy in my leagues right now just for this matchup. I know. I wish I went to pass on him in, in my rookie drafts this yeah. spring because... Yeah. Who is doing uh, your evals? Who is doing my uh, evals? Because he was not <laughs> anywhere on my radar. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you that, especially just on this offense, I didn't think that they could sustain a wide receiver like him. Yeah, turns absolutely. Out, because he's the only show in town, pretty easy for mm-hmm. him to get his. Absolutely. Uh, especially as Case Keenum is forced to just keep heaving it. Mm-hmm. Um, how long that ride lasts, that's a discussion for another time. But um, New York has given up the most yards per game to wide receivers. That's pretty huge. They've also averaged two touchdowns per game to the position. So give it all to him. Absolutely. Give him all those yards. 202. Why not? Why not? All right. I've got Keenan Allen against the Dolphins. This feels like cheating. I know. But he had such an incredible week this last week. And I feel like Phillip Rivers just looks his way only. Like... Yeah, it's like in a slow motion yeah. rom com where they, they see they each other have, across the bar. They have no tight end to throw to, and then he chucks his beer at him. Yeah, it's just it's crazy. Mike Williams, he's been a little dinged up. Who else are they oh, going to we'll throw talk about to? Him later. Who else are they going to throw to? No one. Just Not him. Gordon. <laughs> and and it's the Dolphins. I, I know it's such an easy it's easy to pile on, but. When you have that good a receiver against this bad an offense, it, it is literally the best matchup of the week. Fucking fireworks. <laughs> it, yeah. Oh. Nothing more to say about that. So tight ends. Tight ends. I took it. Look, I left you Keenan Allen, okay? I left you Miami when I got to this. Actually, that's not true. This was the inverse. So I apologize. This is the one spot in the show sheet you actually got to first. It was. Behind the scenes peek there. But um, So actually, thank you for leaving me this. You're welcome. I'm going Will... Disley. I actually considered this as one of my, as my tight end for this week. I hate to do it because it feels, look, like Miami, it feels rude to keep harping on Arizona for how bad they are against tight ends. But Arizona, stop being bad against (laughs) tight ends. And then you will find your way out of this episode and out of this podcast. But until that time, no. They they got crushed again last week by Greg Olson, who was in this spot last Mm -hmm. week. I'm going to keep that rolling through. Will Disley's looked fucking fantastic. He absolutely has. He's getting all the red It should looks. be a high-scoring affair, Yep, you would think. You know, they're at, at Arizona. Yes. So it's a home game, so that should help. Yep. So, yeah, uh, you know, especially if Arizona's offense clicks early, it's going to force Seattle to throw the ball more. And obviously... You know, Russell loves some Will. He's their, he's their red zone guy. Because he's just huge. Yes. He's a big fucking refrigerator box that, with arms that mm-hmm. have stick them on it. And mm-hmm. you can just throw it to him and he'll get it. It's yep. great. All right. Finishing off our best matchups, my tight end is Mr. Darren Waller. Yeah. I mean, he is just all systems go. 
the only play in town right now because Derek Carr can only throw it three yards past the line of scrimmage, apparently. <laughs> well, yeah. And where is Darren Waller? He's right there. So And he'll take it the extra 30 yards to get that. Absolutely. I mean, he fucking balled out this last week. He's Darren the baller. That's what he is. He's Darren baller. Ooh, I like that. Let's do it. I like it. <laughs> Darren the baller. Yeah, against Indy? Hold yeah. On. So just fire him up any week. Any week except for his bye week. Don't fire him up that week. Um, that would score you zero points. True. But any other week, fire him up until further notice. Unless your tight end is so bad that you think they might score you negative points. In which case, sure. Yeah. I guess. Just for the safety. Yeah. Because you know what? His good vibes in your sl- in that slot yeah. might actually help the rest of your team. So you don't, mm-hmm. don't shun that away just yet. All right. All right. Let's do... Look, this is a little bit new of a segment here. I threw this in here because... I've been on on the Twitter a lot lately, mm-hmm. and it's been the week for victory laps. Because three weeks in, so everybody right. feels like how That's it right. is now is how it is the rest of right. the year. And you are seeing people at their gloatiest, at their blovialist. So let's get in on it. So we should be a yeah. part of this. But yeah. let's acknowledge, way yes, too early. these are too early. Way too early. But God damn it, we're going to take them. These are our way too early victory laps. That's right. Coming post week three. That's right. Do you want to kick us off? Why don't you kick us off here? I, I am weirdly excited to talk about this. And maybe I shouldn't be because this one is a negative overall. But I talked at length to anybody who would listen this offseason about the dangers of Mike Williams. I said, don't trust Mike. He's going to break your heart. You love him. He looks like he should be the next big thing. The draft capital, the size, the athleticism. He's now the number two with the Chargers. And then Melvin Gordon went out and people lost their minds because that's just more work for Mike Williams. Well, through three weeks, Mike Williams has not done your fantasy team any favors. No. He has had some targets. It's not that the targets haven't been there. In fact, just this past week, he ended up with seven targets. But on those seven targets, he ended up with three receptions for 45 yards. When you're drafting your guy in the, got up to the fifth and sixth round, when you're drafting him that high, that's not going to cut it. He is without touchdowns so far, which was a lot of his appeal. Mm-hmm. Was I mean, he had double-digit scores yeah, last year. Absolutely, That's bound to recreate, in fact, maybe get bolstered. Again, because of the opportunities. Not the case, because Keenan Allen, as we just talked about, is Rivers' main squeeze and will be until mm-hmm. the day that he retires. So it's too early. There's a lot of games left. But right now, his highest fantasy point total was 11 points. That's his highest. And that's, and then look, that's fine. But that's not what you're, that's not the production you're expecting for the price you paid for him. No. And that's, and that's the, that's the best. Right. You know, that's the absolute best by a long shot so far. So I'm sorry to say that so far I was correct in my weariness about Mike Williams. Yes. All right. So my way too early victory lap here is happens to be one of my guys yeah, that we talked about. One of your drinking season. buddies. Yeah. One of my drinking buddies and... Oh boy, are we hanging out? We're drinking. We're having a good time <laughs> you guys right are now. Blasting. Oh, 
we are talking about Mr. Austin Hooper, tight end for the Falcons. Had a good game this week, two touchdowns. Finally got some touchdowns. Yeah, I'd say that's a good game. Uh, he's averaging six to seven targets a game, catching like eighty nine percent of the balls thrown at him. Yeah. Great catch percentage. Um, he's scoring you um, seventeen points against Philly. Had had a little bit of down week, eight points. But then last week, the big week, twenty five points. I mean. Whew, he's looking good so far. Number six tight end so far in the year? Yes. Pretty good. Which is where I had him in my projections. And I got a lot of flack on the Twitter machine. They're saying, Austin Hooper, number six. There's no way. Well, look at this. Time to post some screen caps, my friend. I should. I really should. <laughs> you should. Because uh, it's so perfect. And just a little fun fact. They're going up against Tennessee this week. Their defense has given up a tight end touchdown in all three games to start the season. So chances are pretty good he's going to be adding to that total this week. So pretty good. Yes. I am very happy about this so far. I love it. And I've got him on a couple of rosters, so it makes me even more happy because I believed in him. Because you're a man of your word. That's right. There you go. So those are our way too early victory laps after week three. I mm-hmm. think this could be uh, an every once in a while kind yeah. of thing. Every few weeks, check yeah. in, see how some of our Absolutely. takes are doing. But a little hint, a little uh, spoiler alert. It won't always be the victory laps. We no. are going to have to take some uh, crawls through the mud yeah. with these guys we'll as well. We'll eat crawl. We'll eat our crawl. We'll absolutely do that. We already talked about holding ourselves accountable mm-hmm. at the end of the season. Yeah. But I think it will be important to check in yeah. as well on some of these. Yeah, absolutely. So look, yes, we like to tour our own horn, obviously. But we also sometimes have to have that horn shoved back up our ass because yeah. we made bad calls. That's right. So, but okay. for now, only the good. All right. On to our bold predictions for the week. Speaking of bad calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have not hit on any of these yet, but that's why they're no. bold. Yep. So my bold prediction for this week. Tyler Lockett has a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown this Interesting. week. Interesting. I know he's not known for his rushing, but Mr. Chris Carson has a case of the fumbleies. Right now, <laughs> yeah, he uh, is apparently eating buttered popcorn on the sideline uh, when the defense is out there because he's fumbling all over the place. Yeah, you gotta wear different gloves for that, man. So, uh, Penny is still hurt. They're gonna want to try to run the ball a little bit at least. I think they're gonna use them on like a jet, some jet sweeps and things like that. So, my bold prediction: one receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown this week for Tyler Lockett. That's interesting and certainly bold. I, so I appreciate that. It lived up to the hype. Uh, my bold prediction for this week is courtesy of Curtis Samuel. I am putting in that he will put up 100 yards and two touchdowns this week. Two. So far, those would be metrics that would best everything he's done to this point. His highest yardage has been 91. He has not had more than one touchdown. In fact, he only has one touchdown. But it came courtesy of Kyle Allen, who will once again be subbing for Cam Newton this mm-hmm. week. And and for the foreseeable future, it looks like. Absolutely. Um, could could be a long wait for Cam yeah. to come back. Which, Probably six to eight weeks at least. With that list, Frank. So that at was least. the update today. If, was if, if, looks if to he doesn't need surgery. Yes. So for the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. you are looking at Kyle Allen. You're guy. For Curtis Samuel, I think that will be nothing but a plus. Mm-hmm. 
Cam was not able to connect with Curtis Samuel. You saw so many off throws. He did target him a lot, specifically in, in week two. Mm-hmm. He hyper-targeted him, but he could not connect with him. Five receptions on 13 targets. That's bad. Terrible. Meanwhile, five receptions on seven targets. That's good. <laughs> At least from a you know percentage uh, outlook. Yes. He, Kyle Allen loves Greg Olson, but the only guy he loves on that same level is Curtis Samuel. I can see it happening. All right. I like it. So that's pretty much the end of our show sheet here. Yeah. Uh, quick reminder to everyone, bye weeks do start this week. That's right. Um, the Jets and the Niners are on their bye. So please, when you're setting your rosters, don't have either of them in your starting lineups. Because right. they will get you zero points and that will not help you win. But again, the good vibes. That's right. Maybe the good vibes. You always have the good vibes. But <laughs> uh, yes, remember the bye weeks. And also remember to give us a rate and review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever they call it nowadays. All the things. Uh, we do appreciate it. It helps people find us better. That's right. So share, you greedy absolutely. little bastards. Yeah, share. Absolutely. Share the love. Yeah. We're all about the love and positivity here. Yeah. Sorry about the greedy little bastards comment. Yeah. That was outside. <laughs> uh, but please give us a subscribe, a like, review. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can find us pretty much on any platform. If for some reason you don't find us, let us know. We'll get it on there. We can do that. We- yeah, you guys aren't. You guys aren't at my corner drugstore. Why? Why aren't you there? Well, I don't know. We can talk to the owners. That's Maybe right. we can get ourselves in there. Yeah, we could try. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, make sure you keep sending us your mailbag questions. We love answering these for you guys. Uh, we'll try and even get more and more. Uh, eventually, maybe try and work the conciseness as we can. Yes. We want to give you thoughtful answers. Absolutely. But. And, you know, if you have any start-sit questions, you know, midweek here, waiver wire pickup questions as, as we're going through midweek in between recording, don't hesitate to shoot us a DM on Twitter. Uh, you know, enter something on our mailbag on our webpage. That's right. You know, we will, we will answer those questions for you. As needed. As needed. You can find us on Twitter at Drinking Fantasy. Mm-hmm. You can find myself on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. And you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. Anything else you want to add here, Jake? Just excited for week four? Absolutely. Good luck, everyone, this week. And keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Shut, shut, shut.